Hi, this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Next Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering five conversations from Season 3, Episode 24, our review of last week's Innovations in Natural Care 2022 conference in Barcelona. This conversation focuses on key takeaways from the conference, ranging from the presentations that Louise found particularly striking to my observations about different decision structures within medicine, ranging from basic command and control specialist approaches to the radical patient empowerment implicit in digital health. Jordan, Louise, and I also discuss why a meeting with limited participation and diverse audience can produce so much energy and evolve thinking. This conference brought together an exceptionally diverse set of committed fatty liver disease stakeholders, including key NAFLD and NASH opinion leaders, primary care physicians, patient advocates, and digital health entrepreneurs. The conversations were stimulating and insightful and incorporated all those points of view. So sit back, listen, enjoy, learn, and when you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn discussion group. simple groundbreaker for the three of us. In addition to things we've talked about so far, your one memory from the weekend that will last the longest. Jörn Schattenberg. The strongest feelings are linked to, um, you know, within the meeting, I think the intensity of the exchange between the different stakeholders. So starting out with a roundtable discussion and the patient advocacy groups, I mean, these were all very engaged and highly qualified, highly experienced um, patient advocacy speakers. And their word and their view on this was so amazing. And the, and the second thing, the, the momentum between uh, John Morris and Helen Jarvis, John Morris really being primary care and fairly new to the field, highlighting us that it takes a lot to bring this disease into the focus of primary care physicians. And Helen Jarvis, who's been a little bit more engaged and has experience because she partly trained in that, I found this uh, really informative and helpful to guide us on, on what the next steps are. And from a personal perspective, I think Barcelona is, of course, a very vibrant uh, city and very lively. Okay, Louise, memory that'll last the longest. Louise Campbell. I think the memory for me, obviously, the ending with the t-shirts and the taking off of the clothes will remain in my memory etched into my eyes I have to say that vision but however I think you're on your face was priceless Louise is right I I couldn't take my eyes off you watching this (laughs) and there's a couple of good uh, photos on on Twitter I think but I think the one that I suppose resonated more was the one that Surreal Corsi did on the fatal triple linking obesity type 2 diabetes and cardio with NASH and I think for me, it was the figures that she showed and drawing that stronger link. In, and, and that's not easy to do in 20 minutes, realistically, given how long we could talk about it. And I think it was those simple take-homes that she just showed about the strength of those bi-directional relationships and that triangle. If anybody wants to do catch-up, that is well worth looking because of course we target or we're trying to target engagement from endocrinology we obviously had Ken Cousy there but cardiovascular and obesity because their conference was also going on at a similar time so having more presence in some of these conferences would be great but I thought her session I really enjoyed. Here are mine and they're two and they're completely different first of all I think this is merely ironic but it's worth a note that the first time I should ever spend a weekend in my life in the same geography as Louise they wind up having Tottenham and Liverpool playing Saturday 
Saturday night against each other in a match both need to win in order to make ground, and they wind up tying, which means they both lose. We had a great time, and we had Robert Mitchell Thane with us, who is just a riot. So that that one won't leave me. But here's the other one. I've, I've commented on this a couple of different times already in various recordings of this, but it's the idea that there are three very, very different perspectives in that room, maybe four even, okay? The raw emotion of the patient advocates. And I'm mindful of the idea that every time you see a social movement, the emotion of the people affected by the cause of the movement is just so much stronger than everybody from the outside looking in. And because this is their lives, right? These are our livelihoods. These are our interests. These are their lives. And when you read articles, for example, about oncologists who become cancer patients, you hear the same thing, that they didn't realize how different it was until they switched sides. So being able to get that side in the room was number one, striking. The second striking thing, and I alluded to this a moment ago, is KOL medicine, in fact, medicine, but particularly KOL medicine, is very command and control. We know, we know it's right, but some things we don't know, that's why we do research, but the things we know, we know, we know it's right. Trust us. Primary care doesn't have that luxury because they've got way too many things to handle in too little time, and therefore they have to decide where connections were, which is why Helen and Jean, Jean in their basic presentation styles, were, I'm going to say, less confident, less certain. It's probably the better word, less certain. And then you go out to Marcus, which is entirely about patient empowerment. And if we put enough data in people's hands with a couple of algorithms, they'll make better decisions. Each of those perspectives has a place. The reality is, as we keep saying over and over again, we don't have enough hepatologists around to command and control this disease, even if we wanted to. In fact, we probably don't have enough hepatologists around to command and control all the advanced fibrosis, even if we wanted to, which means we need to make better use of other healthcare professionals early in the process. In the end, though, if we could pull it off, more data in the hands of patients who know what to do with it will not get everybody to the right solution, but it will get more people to the right solution more often than anything else. And this is really the first time I ever watched all those perspectives in the same room at the same time and started to see how they might blend, merge, coexist in, in disease treatment. And I think we're just at the beginning of all this, but to me, that was just a mind-expanding experience. I suppose you're right on that. But I also think when you've got a, a forum that's so intimate, instead of something like ILC that's going to be next month, where you have thousands of delegates, you get the opportunity to really drill down. And not every patient representative or every patient organisation can be represented. And I know some come from certain angles and some come from other angles. The representatives who were there, there was Donald Cryer, there was obviously Robert Mitchell Thane, and there was um, Jose. So they did an absolutely fantastic job in putting over the emotion and the seriousness and obviously the pitching at governmental level, because they all have different levels, different passions and different ways of communication have to be done at different time points. So I think it, that was interesting to see. Yes, what every single one of us is in that room because we want to do better. We want to get further and we want to make a big fat dent in fatty liver. But we're not patients. We always have to have a patient in the room. We also have to have a nurse in the room. That came up in several conversations. So next year, I would like to see a nursing section involved in that because I think it is the hinge. As I said in the meeting, it's the, the first thing that patients interact with it's the one that they last interacted with and it's the one they phoned first so I think it has a great power potential if levered in the right way by both and all sections That was interesting because both uh, the GPs mentioned that and a number of uh, colleagues and I think it could be one of the for me it was a potential step to bridge that gap in knowledge, the information the physician maybe is not able to share or the diagnostics to, to do and um, to 
educate the patient. So I think clearly this is something. There's some healthcare problems associated with that because they're not equally available in all settings or reimbursed. But I think this could be a very wicked way forward to address that gap. How do we implement this in primary care? Primary care couldn't function in the role they play without nurses. And I think probably the, the whole disease path is going to require a lot more than that. I couldn't agree more. I was actually delighted that we did have one nurse chairing a session, even if it wasn't supposed to be that way at the outset. Gate crash any party, as you know. <laughs> you did it. I saw you at breakfast at 8.45, came, went up to change my clothing, came down 20 minutes later, you were in the chair, and I said, boy, she, she has done a complete transformation. Very it's impressive. the fact at 8.44, I didn't know I was chairing the first session until you sprung it on me. You know, I think I told her 10 minutes before, and she said, yeah, let me just grab a jacket. Frankly, I think that was really fortunate for the meeting, not just because of my infinite respect for you, Louise, but also because it, it, it did get a nursing perspective that the questions that you asked to get nursing perspective into the meeting that otherwise would have, I think, been totally absent. You weren't, since you were so integrally involved in organizing this, what came off the way you saw it and what came off differently? I was very much looking forward, and I think I, I said that two or three times now, really that we're able to pull all these different stakeholders together. I mean, they all showed up. The feedback was very good in the end, and they all enjoyed the interaction. So this means to me that we've hit or made a valid point in that this being a relevant disease, there's uh, knowledge gaps at certain levels, um, and we have identified some of these gaps, and now we need to work on uh, on it moving forward, how we can solve that. And that was the goal of the conference, and from that side, I'm very satisfied. What was I surprised by? I think beyond maybe the ending, um, which again was a very personal note there, the depth of in- interactions and actually first solutions coming up in the discussion, that namely that a nurse, a metabolic nurse could be one of the, the bridging aspects or also how patient advocacy, GLI has been positioned as a, as a key stakeholder here that has already had so many interactions that maybe weren't always uh, recognized at all levels. I think this was really something that surprised me. There's, there's a lot of uh, things going on, and I think um, we, we brought them together well. I think the interesting thing there is, even today, you do understand that the, the two sides of the pond are somewhat different um, in, in terms of what we know and what exposure we get, right? And I think I think that GLI would, would be one case example of that. Another one would be how we think about payers and reimbursement, obviously, because the economics of the healthcare systems are so different. And you kind of heard some of that between the lines, although we didn't. The, the other thing, you and I would suggest for next year is thinking about bringing payers from both sides of the pond into the meeting as well, because someone's going to have to pay for all this eventually. And when we're talking about the softer things, primary care, nursing, et cetera, those are the areas that have a harder time getting paid for. Yeah, I agree. I think this was uh, something that was still missing. We didn't think we'd get that far, but I think we're in a good position now to extend to that. What I really liked when you were looking at how it worked and how it didn't, it or how it worked, because it all worked, but what was interesting was the split in the room. There were, lots, there were several people there who came from a more social background and looking at inequalities in care and aspects like that. And they really, really engaged with all of the information and perspective that they took from the patient advocates, things that I'd said, things that the primary care said. So what they took away from the meeting was different to how we as medics or nurses would have looked at some of the data, the agenda items and things like that. So there was a real sense when people were talking to me of the the differences that they took and the strengths and weaknesses of every section that they had a real take home from everything that was presented during the two days. That was pleasing to hear people say it. It was certainly something I felt that I took away from lots of sessions. There wasn't a session I didn't enjoy. There wasn't a session I didn't think was covering the points really succinctly in their 20-minute slots, which, which was absolutely fabulous. 
And now, back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We will be back next week with another episode of Surfing the Nash Tsunami. Until then, stay safe, surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now.